Hello, everybody. Welcome back to DAC Talk, where we talk to interesting people who do really interesting things, usually game devs. Uh, <laughs> and with me today, I have the team from something, well, not the whole team, but a lot of the team from something classic who brought us uh, Shadows of Adam. And with that said, uh, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves and uh, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, Earthlings. My name is Tyler Meir. I am the composer for Shadows of Adam. Um, I'm Tim. I'm the art director for Shadows of Adam. I'm Josh Garlitz, and I'm the programmer for Shadows of Adam. All right. And uh, Shadows of Adam, y'all's first game? Uh, it's our first commercial release. Uh, we had a lot of experience um, in the RPG maker and sort of indie scene, uh, doing various projects. But this was the first project where everything kind of coalesced into like uh, this whole game that we we're able to get out there and have a fan base and sell to people. So in that sense, I'd say it was our first game. Yeah, I've been making games commercially for like 15 years, but this is the first one that has been self-published alongside of the other four people of course right right oh actually uh actually forgot to say thanks for for making the um the player's guide by the way tim oh yeah that, thing yeah, that was cool. my favorite thing in life for <laughs> three years <laughs> favorite thing in life <laughs> yeah yeah i, I kind, uh, kind of empty without it to be honest <laughs> <laughs> so um where, where where did the the inspiration for uh, Shadows of Adam come from? Josh and I, had, as he sort of alluded to, were had been making like RPG Maker games in our early teens, in the early two thousands, hmm. and uh, we sort of reconnected in twenty thirteen. And he wanted to do like a at the time it was going to be like a eight bit style mobile game. So that was sort of the the scope of the game. And then as we brought in new members, the scope kind of grew. Uh, but it all kind of started from like a like a sentence that was a uh, simple done well like that was always the goal like to str- like do a retro style game but like really streamline and modernize it for the modern player and yep. i think that was sort of a guiding principle so you know a lot of people say mystic quest of course it's an influence uh you know any all the classic snes rpgs which you hear all the time chrono trigger super mario rpg ff6 etc lufia 2 all the good ones <laughs> This is New York. <laughs> I'm walking in. Right. You want a park a car or what? <laughs> it's definitely um, a first for the podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that in there. That's New great. <laughs> um, yeah, mostly what Tyler said. Um, we also kind of realized as a small team with limited assets in the grand scheme of things that we wanted to take a few things and focus on them rather than creating the next great epic so we kind of sat down we decided we wanted um we wanted you know really satisfying combat everything to be really direct fast-paced um just uh almost like a condensed version of a lot of those games we liked uh so we we wanted to maintain the narrow focus and i think we did a pretty good job we had to make a lot of concessions along the way but we were all very happy with how it turned out. Yeah, we didn't want to waste anyone else's time, and we didn't want to waste our own time either. Yeah. So, it th- still took us three years, right? <laughs> yeah, sort of add on to that, um, with these guys said, uh, you know, JRPGs in particular are very asset intensive. And I think one of the hard things about being compared to SNES RPGs is that there's a certain length and quality at least in the uh, storytelling scope, like you're expecting like a 30, 40 hour epic. But we, like Josh had said, we were always trying to make a game that was a little bit more compact, sort of like a novella, as opposed to like a novel. Um, And just because of the nature of our small development team and, you know, the assets and money we had, it just wasn't feasible to make a 40 hour game. Like Tim mentioned, our game is about 15 hours, maybe 20 if you do all that side content. And if that, you don't that run. Yeah, if you don't figure out how to run. Which we tell you in the first scene. But uh, uh, yeah, that even took three years. So uh, I think that's sort of like a niche indies can kind of find sort of like the bite sized games because, you know, I think big AAA companies probably don't see it worth the resource to make a grand 40 hour turn-based epic so yeah except for octopath yeah octopath <laughs> but, definitely but also cool. honestly who wants to play shadows of adam for more than 20 hours anyways uh, <laughs> i uh 
Yeah, I'd probably put about 30. <laughs> <laughs> so I got at least one person. Yeah, one guy. Right. Mark that down. <laughs> well, there is hope. Um, yeah, no, I've actually really, really enjoyed the game. Uh, for those of you who haven't played it, um, well, actually, I should probably just let you guys kind of describe the, the pacing of the game because it's you don't really see a whole lot of RPGs like this. It's it's pretty uh, pretty unique, I would say. There's literally, I think, one in history that's like this. <laughs> if I'm not Is mistaken. it Shadows of Adam? <laughs> no, it's Mystic Quest. <laughs> it might be alluding to Mystic Quest. <laughs> it might be. Uh, well, yeah, it's just like uh, we like to dub it a JRPG for people with jobs, you know, and uh, game you can kind of make quick progress. And I think that's like I've we've all had to play through the game many times just for testing purposes. And I always find when I play through it, I, I'm still having fun because the, the pace is brisk. There's story beats, but they're 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 separated and uh, the dungeons kind of move fast and the battles are fast and strategic and you could save anywhere. So you could like in an hour make some good progress. And, and if you sat down for three hours and play Shadows of Adam, you could really make some great progress. And I think that's really satisfying. There's never like a part in the game where you're unsure where to go or have the kind of that vagueness some of the older RPGs had. Like uh, like Mother 1, I think, is pretty infamous for that. Right, oh, George? yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Progress is kind of the key thing, uh, you know. No level grinding, no backtracking or like time wasting, or no cryptic hints, and you know, just I wanted to keep everyone moving forward. And like Tyler said, in an hour you can accomplish a lot. Whereas in some games you play for an hour and you're basically still in the same battle or something. So usually the <laughs> tutorial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or Persona 5 were the first 10 hours of the game were a tutorial. I mean, I love Persona 5. That's a completely different ball game. But... Well, I mean, that's the thing is it's not necessarily bad to have a really long or mm-hmm. hugely scoped game. It's just it's different people are looking for different things, and some people, myself included, I'll buy the latest uh, AAA title and it'll just sit on my shelf because I don't have the time to like sink my teeth into it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the demographic we were targeting yeah, yeah but i heard like the new triple a titles they age really well and have great resale value later <laughs> you mean so a, you mean a, it's still, it's still just chilling on your hard drive don't touch it because it's gonna be worth so much more <laughs> later <laughs> exactly yeah dude. uh it's funny you should say that because like uh, so many triple a games nowadays they they come out and we we kind of already know uh, as as consumers sort of what the life cycle of these things are, and it's it's almost like any game with an open world, <laughs> or even anything like an open world where it's you have your your day one DLC uh, or your pre order DLC which will be free later. Um, <laughs> if you wait about a year, you can get all the other DLC that'll come with the game that's you know supposedly coming out that whole year sometimes that doesn't yeah. even happen and people don't forget buy your season, season passes. Pass. yeah yeah <laughs> exactly so people will spend money you know they're 25 30 bucks or whatever on their season pass and uh i can't think of any off the top of my head but i know for a fact there's some that have just stopped making stuff halfway through oh final fantasy 15 there's one yeah uh, that's an interesting development history for sure i think uh, nino kuni too oh, let really? people down with their season pass as well I, I, I got the original game, but I never got the season pass, so I don't know what I'm missing. But every now and then, random stuff pops up just because I own it, and mm. I don't regret not getting the season pass. Honestly, I think the industry is sort of due for a reset because the current model just isn't sustainable. It's like, like an arms race. Yeah, the production costs keep going higher and higher, but the cost of games is not changing. So they they promise all this back end content where they can keep the tail of the game going long. Honestly, I feel like what games need to start doing is uh, being smart with their asset reuse and b- using tech between each game and, like, uh, yeah, probably DLC too. But I just wonder, like, how many more games like Final Fantasy Fifteen can happen where it's a 10-year development cycle and then they promise yep. all this DLC and none of it, and half of it doesn't come out and then the game comes out, it's incomplete. And I don't know. I just I wonder how long that model can sustain itself. Well, I mean, sports games already, like, subscribe to the reuse thing. 
<laughs> like Madden has been building upon itself since '92, pretty much. I mean, it's hard to blame. And, really. It's kind of a smart business model. It's genius. Yeah, of course. And like, I mean, I'll, all you, all the every year, right? There are different players, so that's already giving you new content. There's new rookies. Right. There's new teams. And maybe like open world RPGs, the Elder Scrolls. Mm. Elder Scrolls 2019. Oh yeah. <laughs> Updated roster. <laughs> I can't. I can't make the Skyrim joke again. <laughs> It'll be. Too I was soon. always about Oblivion. Morrowind yeah. was too like something, drab and void of life. Feel, <laughs> just like killing crabs on the shore. That's what I think of when I think of Morrowind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh honestly the the whole 3D Elder Scrolls games is kind of a definitely a conversation for another time. <laughs> yeah. Because I can get into that. I got not much to add besides shore crabs. Uh, so, <laughs> one one thing uh, that really caught my attention about about the game uh, Shadows of Adam, because um, we've talked about so many games so far, <laughs> um, the combat is like really well balanced, and I'm, I'm sure it's because of of how it's paced. Uh, so every fight really felt, I, I feel like, uh, every fight felt like it like it mattered. Um, and you couldn't really just attack through stuff unless you were um, doing like side quest content and trying to find like a secret area or something. Yeah, that was like definitely an intended goal. And thanks to Tyler's hard work and some of my own, that we did a lot, a lot of work just playing through the game over and over to test the balance and make sure it was like at the like right difficulty level all throughout the game assuming you're fighting exactly that many fights and so like i wanted it harder tyler wanted it easier and somewhere in between those two is what shadows of adam became so there'd be push and pull in each different direction to sort of get that but we also wanted to treat battles as a puzzle and Mm -hmm. i think we went in very early with the concept that each battle should be able to be won in three turns or less right and so that's sort of like what we went with Each shouldn't feel cheap and you should be able to beat it in three turns or less oh, okay i must suck them yeah <laughs> yeah with, kind of going with what tim said yeah that sort of compromise within the development team was i think absolutely crucial i think if it was a solo developed game we all have our blind spots and biases but compromise yeah. Um, arguing over things. I mean, I remember Tim and I arguing. I'm, this is a little bit of an exaggerated example, but it'd be like an artifact that raised your attack by seven. I wanted seven and Tim wanted five, so we went with six after three hours of arguing about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to get through the semantics first. Yeah, right, 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 right. But uh, no, uh, yeah, Tim and I bounced the game together. He sort of came out with all the basic battle mechanics, and then I yeah. did a bunch of playthroughs, and we just kind of got it film tight. I will say that. What made it a little easier was that just the nature of the static forced encounters where they're on the screen can kind of give you a more linear path of growth. So I remember like plotting the experience around learning certain moves before certain bosses. So like uh, the third boss of the game, the big dragon on top of the wind tower, she has like a AOE thunder spell, which mm-hmm. can do like 70 to 80% of your HP. And uh, if you had been fighting pretty much all the battles by that point, you should learn Azrael's AOE healing spell yeah so little things like that um but i know some people are like would rather like more like monsters that move around the screen dynamically which i'm a fan of too and i definitely want to do in future projects it just makes it a little more challenging to get that really tight balance right right of course do you have anything to add to that josh um yeah i mean i didn't have too much to say on the balance side of things because you guys definitely handled it but i i definitely like that you have to be very deliberate in your decision making and that in some cases you actually actively get punished for button mashing which is pretty unusual mm-hmm. in these types of games true so, even the even the first boss i was just playing with some people at this place i'm dog sitting for some random neighbor people and yeah she this one girl, she just hammered fight through the first boss and died. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Yep, you can't do that in this game." It's about yeah, and I like so you that... teach it early. <laughs> yeah, we we kind of set the parameters pretty early, and we set up the different types of enemies pretty quickly. So there's almost like a cadence and rhythm to how you 
battle. And once you get that down and you know like which enemy combinations respond to certain weaknesses, you can really fly through the game and it's really satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to do a good job kind of creating monster archetypes, um, which have like weaknesses and like for instance, like you'll see ghost enemies starting in the wind tower, the third dungeon. Mm-hmm. And uh you can't hit them with physical attacks, but they can be damaged by chakra abilities or fire, etc. And sort of build on that and just different sort of archetypes. Um uh, like like the thief archetype is like used pretty much throughout the game. Like the first thieves you fight have pretty high evasion, but uh, you can hit them sometimes. But if you try to physical attack them, they're usually going to dodge and counter attack. And then by the by the uh, lost cave, like they're completely immune to all physical attack. And if you haven't figured out a way to deal with that yet, then you're it's going to be trouble. So. And I also know how you got that far without figuring that out. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we try to. Um, with the with the forced encounters it's almost like a mini tutorial like you have to beat this guy to pass so yeah i got the mechanic i, I remember it earlier builds um those brownie guys in the water garden were really frustrating to a lot of people yeah, yeah. and yeah, that, myself we, included <laughs> we got feed, we got feedback that there should be a way to remove blur so we made taunt do that and i think that was a good change based on feedback oh was was blur initially uh just it just stayed there yep it just kind of expired, Oof. I think, at some point. Yeah, okay. like six or seven turns. <laughs> oh, yeah, but then we're like, let's give them... A... Well, then like Josh was like, let's have these attack items. So you could use attack items to uh, get through that. And then we're like, well, let's have Taunt. Like Taunt's like kind of a niche spell. It has some great uses, but like if we give it this extra little thing, like we'll make Taunt not 100%. We'll make it like 80%, but we'll, we'll give the added bonus that it removes Blur. Like a little tweak like that really... Help tighten yeah. the balance. I thought definitely. Taunt was actually a pretty interesting little little sp- spell uh, ability. <laughs> yeah, some people spammed it the entire game, especially <laughs> early. I think we nerfed it eventually, just a yeah. touch. Well, but... you know what it was, Tim, was that one of the big oversights we did when we created boss battles is we forgot to give a lot of them status immunity. Oh yeah. I think in the early like 1.0 build, like literally no bosses were immune to taunt. And so we were watching a streamer play the game on release day and he just taunted everything and then blurred going. <laughs> taunt blurred going. Yep. Yeah. That was kind of one of the satisfying things is watching people come up with their own strategies that we would never even think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually uh I actually had to look look up one for uh, Sir T- Teves? T- Teves? Tiaves? <laughs> Tiaves? I call him Tiaves. I don't... Yeah. We'd have to get the other Ty. Sir yeah, Canadian answer that. Tyler knows how to It's probably yeah, pronounced Canadian. That that, Ty did a great job with that. I guess title. if he's, he's Canadian, then it's French, so it's like Tiave. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is uh, I died to him like two times because he's a boss that heals quite a good bit of hp at the end of every round mm-hmm. and uh that was when i found out that you can just buff up your your stats to ridiculous proportions and then there yeah. is no limit <laughs> and i yeah, thought that excellent. was amazing i was like why don't more games do this this is great and so i'm sitting there <laughs> right. with octopath is like the only other one in recent times i can think of yeah but we did exactly. it first yeah. <laughs> first <laughs> Take that, Square Enix. Yeah, what do they know? <laughs> they know how to copy our game. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, you know, I just thought of something. Remember, Tim said a few minutes earlier about how we designed our battles to be completed in three rounds or, or less. I remember, like, and Josh had mentioned we had cut things as we were developing. I remember, like, early on in battle development, we had this vague idea for, like, some sort of par system, which basically <laughs> had, like, a amount of rounds that was, like, the par Oh. And if you were able to beat it in less rounds, you would get more AP back at the end of the game, at the end of the battle. Yeah, but it really never went still like that idea. It's a nice, yeah, it's not a bad idea. I think we just decided it would be a lot of. <laughs> it was hard to balance. Yeah, it was hard to balance and just like a lot of work. Like we basically had to come up with a par for every single battle in the game. We're gonna use it in our spinoff, Shadows of Adam Golf, though. Hole in one. So. All right. I don't know if, if you, you get guys an are... eagle or a birdie, you just like start getting birds in your inventory. <laughs> <laughs> the... <laughs> so, so you guys are taking a page out of a golf RPG or golf story, whatever that game was called. <laughs> I haven't played it, but I kind of want to one day eventually, maybe. Oh, sure. Same, yeah. yeah. 
I just I wasn't sure about it. I was like, I, I don't really like golf, but people say it's good. But I don't like golf, so kind of wait. But people say it's good, but people do say it's good. <laughs> I feel like it's probably like any other RPG, except for you're also smacking a ball around while talking to NPCs. You haven't played. I've heard great things about it, though. That's what I was going to say. It's on Switch, so maybe I should pick it up. Um, I don't know if you guys are working on another game or not, but if you have a similar sort of system like that, might 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 be worth doing the par thing. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, like uh, a lot of games now, like will give like bonuses based on how you perform the battle. Like Octopath did that. Um, like uh, more like actiony games will do it too. I think it's an interesting concept for sure. It's I don't remember if it's uh, what kind of feedback loop it is. If it's a negative or positive, where you re you get better the better you do. So that's, it's, yeah, it's positive and positive yeah. yeah. You get bonus golden experience. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's hard. So, yeah. Yeah. He's had to balance that carefully, I think. It's been a while since I've played Octopath. Oh, and skill points. Yep. You get more Which gold. is like the best. Whenever there's a game that makes you use skill points to like get skills, mm-hmm. it's always nice getting extra. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's why people like play Final Fantasy Tactics and never like stop playing the first real battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, like max level in the first area. Like dueling ninjas in like the first battle. See, I actually never knew that. But then again, I haven't played Tactics in years. So it's a great game. Yeah, it's fantastic. You just surround like one monster and keep it alive, and then have your party members use their <laughs> item skills and attacks on each other and it's just like a big circle jerk of xp (laughs) there's actually a there's actually a glitch in that game um i love that glitch the jp job glitch where you can like hack in like thousands of job points that's really nice yeah you can use like the ultimate skills in the first area are there any fun uh fun glitches like that in, in shadows Shazam? Yeah, any broken I mean, stuff like that? We told you I'd have to kill you, I think. Uh, no, all our glitches are fun. I tried, fun. guys. Please report them when you find them. You gotta, you gotta buy the player's guide to find out. Call the hotline. <laughs> well, just watch the speedrun, I guess. Actually, it's kind of funny because Doe Wolf, the guy who ran the game on PC and brought it to RPG Limber Break, I think all the glitches he used were like, either told him about it or someone else found. So like, there was a glitch that allows you to like duplicate reliquaries which is really good like a there was a cutscene skip which actually both those glitches got patched out in switch (laughs) uh, we just recently discovered a glitch i guess i'll just reveal it why not who cares uh where like there's an item called the bruiser which basically you use the spin you use uh, you spend five ap to make more damage with your physical attack it's basically like an mp attack kind of thing Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just fine and dandy. But if you use it with a character that has multiple attacks, the uh, buff stacks on itself, so each successive attack does more damage. <laughs> Which, you know, most people are all, at best are going to use it with the duplicator, but even then that might be kind of niche and you might not see the casual player do it. But, like, the speedrunners, like, hook it up so they're doing eight attacks. <laughs> and uh, then they use the bruiser and, like, each attack does more damage. So it's kind of <laughs> absurd. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of fun to. Oh, it's hilarious! Yeah, I doubt like seventy thousand damage in one turn with Curtis with it (laughs) fighting the slime train. Spoilers. Uh, Just kidding. Everyone knows. Yeah. Like actually seventy thousand. I've only gotten him to do, uh, you know, because he got like eight attacks, and the first two were like three thousand, six thousand. And then the final, we're all nine nine mm-hmm. nine. Oh my God, yeah, we're power users. <laughs> See, I thought I was, uh, I thought I was broken over here with the the wraith storm. You know, like rally three times with. Some oh no, that's finish or whatever. That's that's amateur hour, man. Oh yeah, yeah that's no. noob level. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm absolutely that's one, that. that's one past taunt blur. I see. Kellen, totally <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. Yeah, no, my uh, what got me through pretty much everything but mystic cave so tyler you you were right about this uh it was just double up wraith storm and yeah <laughs> yeah that's definitely a potent converse, combination especially if you give the artifacts to azrael that gives her higher ap which can help give her uh 
more cast of that spell. She was basically. Yeah. Uh, so did you be Mystic Cave then? Oh no, I'm I'm like halfway through it. I think. All right. I'm uh I'm getting there. Keep the in mind. Do what? <laughs> oh, um. So, uh, what what were some of your your favorite parts uh, about working on this game? Um, finishing it. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I think he hated it. <laughs> there was kind of a point around the Kickstarter where we really started coming together and all the areas started coming to life. And I think that was the best feeling was um, when we just started having an almost playable game. We were like, this is legit, guys. And, you know, we started adding side quests and, like, everything was coming together. It was a really exciting feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I already mentioned that the player's guide just like how much I loved working on that. Uh, yeah, that was a yeah, that's a big undertaking. A, but not really, honestly, working on the battle system and stuff. Because even though I'm an artist by trade, design is my passion. So oh, yeah, yeah. seeing seeing like proof that I do know how to design shit that was good, <laughs> and then having the like ability to do it, and also the fortune to have like people help work through it. You know, right to second guess and double check and then sure it's just really good learning experience and i don't think it ever got tiring so yeah. uh like one follow through on that one is so then i did pretty much all of mystic cave by myself i was like it's got to get done dudes so i just like <laughs> did it because no one it else happened everyone was tired of the game at that point yeah you did crank that out that was impressive i think i did it in like two weeks yeah maybe God. yeah so that's why it's so like hard. Testing okay. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Like we, like Tim had alluded to earlier, we had a lot of debates about the difficulty, and you know, Tim wanted it a little harder. I wanted it to be a little easier, and kind of split the difference. But on the Mystic Cave, since it was yeah, the DLC, true. I said, Tim, just do what you want, man. <laughs> true. I still want to do another DLC that's harder than the Mystic Cave. <laughs> hey, as long as you're to hell. If I right, no, pretty much. Like, you go through the, like, Wraith teleporter, but it stops, like, Figaro Castle in Final Fantasy VI mm. underground, and then you have to, like, go investigate. And it's the real Wraith world. Uh-oh. That would actually be pretty cool. Like, hey, I, I'm all for more side stuff, but I know you guys are probably sick of working on the game. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll pick it up sometime, I think. I think, uh... Yeah, who never knows? Never know. Yeah, you can never say never. Oh, Just absolutely. when you worked on the same project in various forms for almost six years, you kind of right six years going, still strong. <laughs> we probably have like a, added another two-year tail with the switch. So yeah, yeah, it's true. It's kind of crazy how long we've been able to squeeze out of this. So game. why not like just do one more DLC and make it even ten years? <laughs> call it good. Oh my! We God. released it for the tenth anniversary. Right. <laughs> Shadows of Adam Gaiden. I'll start Gaiden. working on it. Right after this interview. Okay. Good to know. I honestly will, might. <laughs> no, I really might. <laughs> Why not? Except for I have to watch the Bucks in 45 minutes, so maybe not. Hey, yeah, just I'm like, raise the level cap to 75, and then like... No, add... no, no level cap. No level cap. Just keep it at oh, what it is. That actually is a popular thing in some games. What, no, keep no, raising no. the level cap? No, there is no level cap or anything cap. Uh, well, I mean, keep the level cap what it is. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I see. Aren't it's the... just going to be twice as hard as the Mystic Cave with the same stats. You know what would make it even harder, Tim? Instead of making it like a, like a dungeon you explore, just like have a battle gauntlet part. Or like you go into a scene and you're just bombarded by 10 battles in a row or something That's like that. a good that. idea. Except... I'll, I'll need to enlist you guys' help for any scenes. Yeah, sure. I literally don't make... I don't think I made a single scene in the game except for like... <laughs> you made one scene. Shady guy. I think I did the shady guy scene. Yeah, and the uh, the opening scene of Jodora. It's a Whatever. really tedious process. Yeah, for sure. I enjoyed it personally because it was oh. one of the few things I could do. Yeah, but, I started doing some of the early scenes, and I was like, "This sucks." So I just made Tyler do it. <laughs> we also said the same thing about your work. No, <laughs> just kidding. No, that's mean. <laughs> no, I know. I don't know if we did or not. But Tyler killed it. That's all. I, that's what I was well, going. Well, Luke did a lot of scenes too. 
Yeah. He, uh, I think he took a lot. Like, I remember when I went to basic training, he had done quite a bunch of the scenes that were remaining. Yeah. So, yeah. He, he did, like, a, the whole credits and stuff. There's Sorry. a couple of scenes that I did that are still in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the like the flashback, Yeah. Uh, the flashbacks in the Misty Woods and uh, the flashback when you're in Kellen's house the first time. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. Where he's yeah, like was... uh, pulling on his father. <laughs> it's really depressing. <laughs> That's one of the best scenes in the game, so congrats. Oh, what can I say? <laughs> Good old Orazio. <laughs> I'm a director. I think I actually said that one right, actually. Orazio. <laughs> Hey, is it Orazio or Orazio? I, th- I always say Orazio. Personally. I go Orazio. Same. Yeah, I thought it was like a... Thing or something. It's named after an actual uh, historical figure, so however mm-hmm. that's pronounced. <laughs> so, I know I've, I've kind of asked like a lot of inspiration questions, but what were some of the uh, inspirations behind like the, the theming and the story and... Uh, like the different characters, I kind of get like a like a general sort of fantasy vibe, or like a you know Final Fantasy, or or a Dragon Quest kind of vibe. This one's kind of hard to answer because Luke wrote a great majority of the characters, but I'd say the general archetypes could almost be traced to like Final Fantasy V because that was a similar game. We had the same few characters, the majority of the story. And there was like a lot of banter between them, and it was kind of lighthearted, but there was a dark undertone. So I think that's almost the closest example. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, it's. I think you're right, Josh. Like very rarely do we get the FF5 comparison to our game, but it has. He has like a lot of similarities tonally. I feel like. Like we get the Mystic Quest a lot, and then like obviously FF6 with our. The antagonist having like a Kefka S5, but um, <laughs> I was definitely, yeah, it's that. definitely more lighthearted. I mean, we wanted to have the game have some levity for the the length of game. I feel like it's hard to go too too dark, too heavy, just because you just don't have the the space to like develop a, as dense of a story. But right. yeah, totally yeah. probably similar to FF5 or maybe a little more serious than like a Super Mario RPG, but like kind of along those lines, like lighthearted, a little on the nose at times. Yeah. Yeah. We just wanted to make things have an adventurous feeling overall. Yeah. And Luke was also given a bare bone skeleton of a story to work with. And also the like strict rule that he keep it pretty much the same. So he did a lot of magic to like turn that into something realistic. Yeah. He, he uh, I remember he like flipped a few locations around as far as the order and added Malville and kind of developed this whole like sub story of the curse's background and uh, the Wraith world, which is cool. Like, like uh, honestly, Josh and I's original draft was like extremely bare bones. <laughs> we did have a floating sky castle there that got cut. Oh, we drew it, dude. Well, there's your DLC. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I wanna, I wanna. That'll be easier than the. That'll be our DLC. Yeah. The floating island. All right. That's the no, no. So you have two DLC. One's the hell wraith world and the other is the floating continent. Heaven and hell. Yeah, we'll call it. Which one do we do first? Heaven or hell DLC. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to start thinking about it. I'll get it in motion. We'll have. We'll We'll be ready by uh, December. Dude, that would be so sick, actually. Like a split party thing. I mean, we don't have a. I don't know if. Two characters in a I team. mean, like, development teams, too. Oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> Probably okay. three people working on, on each uh, each DLC. I don't know who the evil people are, but we'll figure that out. That'd be weird, like, to actually make, like, a split sort of uh, add-on to a game. I can't really think of anything like that that's happened. Yeah. But uh, to be fair, we, we have seen... I'm not going to say that we've seen the Wraith World. We've seen the Mystic Cave, which is... Wraith worldy looking. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know. Maybe you guys could. It's uh, close to the Wraith world. Yeah, it's pretty close. So maybe you kind of like go go up it's, before you go back down. Yeah, probably. But right. I leave that to you. 
Sounds good. I'm all about this floating castle now. I kind of either <laughs> didn't know or forgot. No, so what you have to do is, like, there has to be a pre-side quest. Like, after you beat all, after you get all four reliquaries, you bring them to the island where you fight the train boss. Mm-hmm. And it creates this adamantian armor that you put on your airship, which allows it to go even higher. And that's how you get to the... I mean, if we're going to go full on trope, we might as well just steer yeah. into the skid. No, why don't we like make it a tower like the Tower of Babel in Final Fantasy IV? Well, then can so, we have the boss be a giant robot? Then? Yeah, the boss is the castle. <laughs> yeah, after you beat it, the the fucking tower like becomes a robot. It right. starts walking. It's, like, it's a wraith automaton. Oh, and you should have like an airship battle where the airship like there's like a like the first phase of the battle is you fight it with your airship, and then like <laughs> then there's like a battle you're like on the deck of the airship. Wouldn't that be like so sick? Like the battle background is you, the team standing on the airship. Oh, so we're doing All some right. skies of Arcadia here too. <laughs> Damn it! We're trying everything. Be... All right, we got a lot of substance here to work off now. Yeah, that'll uh, that'll be your guys' problem and my probably like ten bucks lost. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think we'll only much. probably charge three or four bucks, like usual. Actually, because <laughs> I, I didn't even hear about this game until the Switch release. Uh, to be honest, yeah, it's kind of had like a like ten inch like a little second tail. Like we've been like wouldn't say it was ever like a smash hit as far as sales go, but like uh, we've been able to extend the tail longer than I ever dreamed of. To be honest, all right, like can't believe of- people are still playing this in twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like going to conferences. Me and Josh and Tim have gone to conferences. RPG Limit Break that was big for us. <clears throat> then the Switch thing sort of brought like a whole new audience to the game so yeah i'm definitely grateful Just bring on the dlc yep. all right so yeah that's the goal let's get it out by february for our is it going to be oh, our third God. or fourth year anniversary i can't tell if you're serious Tim. <laughs> i'm serious uh it'll be third it you... honestly would only take like a month of work if you're, uh, if you're serious by that I'm i mean two, two to three. That, i mean so. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be as complex as our current DLC. It would just be a dungeon, basically. That's not true. just any with dungeon. some with some. Well, yeah, it'd be the best floating castle robot airship battle dungeon you've ever seen, dude. Believe me. You know, it's actually uh, it's actually really funny that the uh, Guild of the Art can't Artificers. Say it. Thank you. <laughs> For some reason I have trouble saying that word. Uh, that DLC, uh, it really felt like it was sort of always meant to be there. The uh, the reliquaries were such a interesting mechanic. I think that was the one mechanic. I mean, like battle was amazing too, but being able to use those reliquaries, which um, let you combine three artifacts to do some crazy stuff, um, that was that was always really fun to play with. And kind of you know, every time I found some new crazy legendary artifact, like. Um, the nourisher, the ex- extirpolator. Um, mm. I was just like, okay, this is going on Kellen. That is two. Oh, hey, look at all these wraith things. Okay, now Azrael's broken. Uh, <laughs> like, that yeah, was I mean, the, the whole guild concept was we initially wanted to get it in the initial release to some extent, but it was just one of those things that we had to push back into the DLC just for timing reasons. True. Also, um, we made up the DLC for actually it was just supposed to be a guild that like mm-hmm. Kickstarter backers could hang out in and get like maybe a cool item or two and just like a hangout joint for Kickstarter backers and it was going to be Kickstarter exclusive like a lobby yeah pretty much I mean yeah. not like an online lobby but just like a, oh. a, a like freaking lobby in a town to hang out in that no one else is allowed in and oh. So yeah, we blew it up into something way bigger and decided to make it available for everyone instead. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of our DLC, to be honest. Like of all the things we made, I'm like really proud of the DLC because like you mentioned, uh it really does feel like playing the game without it doesn't feel right. Yeah, um, it just completed it. Right. Like um when we did the switch port, we in- we insisted that the DLC be included um in the base game. 
So I think yeah. that was a good choice because if I had played it without it, I'm sure I still would have enjoyed it. But this adds so much like uh, so much experimentation and so many more opportunities to just take these these characters and and do really cool things with them. I think. Yeah, definitely. And like, I think we added probably like an, a, like probably thirty new artifacts in the DLC. Like we added those new attack items, like the M Shuriken and the Toxic Flash Bombs. Yeah, it's like four new. But we added a lot of content in the yeah. DLC. Just wanted to make it worthwhile. That yeah. that and it was kind of like our second chance because we built it after the game was done. Mm-hmm. We had all these ideas, but we just wanted to get the game out. So then we had all this like free time to dedicate to the dlc whatever we wanted to do so this laundry list of stuff we ignored we could now like finally access start pulling yeah. from can't believe we made a dlc <laughs> that's kind of crazy <laughs> yeah Sounds... we made it pretty quickly after the game was out it was like seven five months after yeah we we took a little bit of time off to celebrate and then we back to business yeah as it should be i think to be honest you know, if you're if you're in in game dev or, or any any industry industry, I feel like uh, your breaks probably shouldn't be too long. Yeah, I just want to start when the iron is hot. Like, like even even me, I think I'm about to take a, a week off of the podcast, and then after that, I'm I'm back to bothering people on Twitter. <laughs> that's 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 how this whole thing goes. <laughs> yeah, you just keep working. Pretty yep, much, keep the dream alive. <laughs> And it has been kind of a dream because it's uh, it's always really cool to be able to talk to people who do something I've always looked up to for pretty much my whole life, I would say. Um, and we're a pretty big deal, dude. So yeah, you guys are huge. <laughs> me especially. It's like in the hierarchy, it's like me really high and like <laughs> Josh and Tim kind of somewhere below me. But yeah. yeah. If, if this was Shadows of Adam future DLC... Tyler would be the floating castle. Yeah, it's and, just my head. And Josh and <laughs> Josh and the rest of us were hell. <laughs> Which is going to be also awesome, awesome, but just lower on the totem pole. That's all. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think there It'll was be a, hella awesome. <laughs> there was a couple of uh, a couple of NPCs that shared names of the devel- the developers, and I I couldn't help but wonder if those were like funny self-insert kind of deals <laughs> oh yeah definitely yeah like yeah. the um the uh the two uh, soldiers the and goons, Borch yeah. were named after me and luke because we kind of wrote that scenario together and so i said hey just put our names in there so i think there's even like a quote about how the the soldier named tyler is like wants to be a musician but he's like moving crates and bitching about it just kind of <laughs> no, you're totally right actually i remember that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's the and kind of luke, stuff and then luke like drinks triple shots of rum and like body slams boxes which i'm pretty that's sure he doesn't do that in real life but yeah I don't, that's <laughs> like the opposite of his character as far as i understand him right it's funny you guys could have had like a, a little bit of uh, flavor there and next time you look at your character's status they could have been missing like 10 hp or something <laughs> just for the hell of it <laughs> That's the yeah. kind of stuff that I think kind of brings this the story and uh, this this game to life, though. It's just uh, instances like that. It, I when you when you play the game, you can really uh, see that you guys have put a lot of passion into it and a lot of uh, a lot of time and effort into it. And um, I gotta say, I really appreciate it. I think it's a pretty good game. Good game. And uh, also, uh, you guys kind of are a big deal because. You got a game on the really Switch? Really big deal. Let's <laughs> just be clear. No. I'm joking, everyone. No, Tyler's actually serious. He's an ego. Everyone's be like, that guy, Tyler's an asshole. <laughs> he is. The whole time we, we played Smash, every time he, he killed me, he'd like scream yeet at the top of his lungs. It was pretty, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, he does do Smash streams, so if you like Smash, uh, that's a thing that you can tune into and possibly even Something play. Something That's right. We haven't done our tournaments in a while, but maybe we'll bring it back. Yeah, I'll go get my ass kicked. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for your compliments, by the way. That's really kind of you. No, that's that's honestly the best part is when we have people who come up to us. We actually had people at those conventions. They're like, we've been following you guys since the Kickstarter, since the beginning, mm-hmm. and we really liked your game. And just to have someone from basically a complete unknown say that about something we created is a truly humbling experience. 
Yeah, should start wearing like Shadows of Adam shirts around to see how many other people we could find. <laughs> but, like at Target, <laughs> just there's dozens of us waiting in line at the grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> just like stretch, pull open your coat. <laughs> ah, Shadows of Adam, eh? <laughs> Are you one of the twenty people that have played the game? No, <laughs> no that was true. We were at Magfest, me and Josh, two years ago, and someone came up to us and was like. Hey, I backed you guys on Kickstarter, and it was like, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" Like, thank you so much. Like that makes it worth it to me. If I had known so. there was one, I probably would have backed it. <laughs> well, you know, I'm still working through that uh, anger I have towards you about that, but it's okay. <laughs> you can still send us money if you want. That's true. I can send you some more money. That's fine. As long yeah. as, just just make the DLC yeah. and I'll send you the money and we'll be good to go. Yeah, <laughs> need a ten thousand dollar pre order for the DLC. So. <laughs> well, guys, um, we are kind of rounding out to about an hour here. I think I think uh, we've had a lot of fun just hanging out and talking. Oh, absolutely, definitely. Um, is there is there anything that you you guys want to plug or or talk about before before we sign out though? Uh, I guess I'll just plug the other two members of the team who aren't here: Tyler, Canadian Tyler, and Luke. And uh, our socials, uh, Twitter is where we're most active at something classic, but it's it's like classic without an I, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah something classic. Uh, uh, and oh, uh, get on our Discord. We're verified. Yeah, we're a very friendly bunch of people. Uh, we got a pretty cool community. Mm-hmm. Talk about anything and everything. Right, and occasionally you'll see some sneak peeks of games that we're we have some personal projects that we're working on, uh, so you can see those on our Discord, which is Discord.gg/somethingclassic. We got the cool link now because we're super verified because we're kind of a big deal. So <laughs> that's our that's our new motto as a company, kind of a big deal. Yeah, used to be simple and done well, but now it's just we're kind of a big deal. <laughs> you should you should actually do that. <laughs> That's what we can call our DLC, Shadows of Adam DLC. We're kind of a big deal. <laughs> oh, this DLC is kind of a big deal. I don't know. There's some way to spin yeah. that. Just kind so- of a big DLC. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. That's where you should end the podcast. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> All right, yeah, nice talk. Um, like, like always, um, like you said, follow them at something classic, classic without the I. You can follow me. Uh, at DakTalk, D-A-K-T-A-L-K. And uh, I have a Patreon spelled the same way. So if you guys like what I'm doing here, the podcast and everything, if you like their, if you like what you've heard about their game here, by all means, go buy it, especially on the Switch, because the Switch is awesome, if you got one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Even if you don't have one, buy it on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> buy it for your grandma, because she's probably got a Switch. <laughs> You, you, sure. you probably can buy it without actually owning the console. The greatest thing about Shaz Vadim is, like, in a single poop, you could probably clear a dungeon, so... Because the game's that tight. Uh, lying, yeah. well, only if you poop like Tyler. Okay. Maybe cut this part out of the internet. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, well, I learned some things I didn't need to know. That's <laughs> okay. just saying Tyler takes 20 to 40 minutes to poop. <laughs> Hey, this ain't the new DLC. We're not quite there yet. So, that could be the, the gimmick of the DLC. If you can finish it. No, I'm not even going to finish the sentence. <laughs> you really should I'm not going to finish the sentence. All right, stop. I'm done. <laughs> stop elaborating. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Yeah, it's been it's been great right. hanging out with you guys, though. For real. And, yeah, uh, thanks, really, for having us. thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for showing up. I was surprised to get a three. Of you, to be honest, thought I was just getting one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm Josh now. yeah. Well, Tyler's got an entourage on account <laughs> of him being such a big deal. So, <laughs> you know, we almost got Canadian tied too, but I think he's camping. Yeah. Um, it's always As Canadians fun. often do. Right. That's true. Yeah, it's always a good thing to do, though. Oh, it's uh, probably just in his backyard. <laughs> <laughs> this backyard's a mountain, though. Right. With Amazing. beavers and moose. <sighs> What's the plural of moose? Is it moose? It's, it's meese. Mooses? Moose? Uh, I think it's just moose. It's you guys know, like, that sentence that, like, is, like, the word buffalo? Like, oh, buffalo, 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 et cetera. Buffalo, 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 buffalo. Like, I know it to five words, but past that, I don't know. 
Like well, Buffalo's if it's from Buffalo. valid seven, then it's valid at five, right? I'm sure you guys yeah, know I, about the, the. I know. I know it's like a thirteen. What's sorry? Good. Plural of geese. What is it? It's a gaggle. It's a gaggle of geese. It's a real thing. Yeah. But that's not necessarily the plural of it. That's just like the term for a group of geese, oh, right? Like right. a ride. Yeah, no, I think you're plural, right. Actually. Plural of geese is yeah, geese. I, I had to mix it up. Yeah. Oh, gaggle, right. A group of geese is a gaggle. A group of crows is a what? murder. A group of gaggles is a groggle. <laughs> <laughs> and a group of groggles is a grumble. <laughs> this pseudo advertisement is somehow devolved into talking about animal groups. <laughs> yeah, it's typical. Hey, it's good stuff. <laughs> anyway, uh, <sighs> I want to go ahead and sign us out here. So, all right. Wait, you were recording again. that last like minute, were you? <laughs> Do what? I mean, I mean, it's fine. Just the cool we parts. Okay. Just <laughs> the cool parts. Yeah. All right. So. Jeez, what's going on there? Talking <laughs> here. <laughs> Later, guys. All right. All right. Later. 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 Later